Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Thursday Thoughts. I hope this podcast finds you well, and I hope you're all having a, a great day and a wonderful week, and I hope things are going good for you. Um, with that being said, you know, something I want to mention is, obviously most people who listen to this probably have a way to to contact me. I believe I've put my personal email into the comments of the podcast episode. Um, and so if there's ever anything you need to talk about or have a question about or want to pray about, by all means, please reach out to me and let's do that. And so well, that being said, let's jump into our, our thought for the day. Uh, as we continue our discussion on the Beatitudes and the culture uh, in this world, right? We're talking about Christianity and culture, and we're looking at Jesus' countercultural teachings of the Beatitudes. We, we see, uh, we, we, we arrive uh, to the seventh Beatitude. Uh, the seventh Beatitude can be found in Matthew chapter 5, verse 9. And so, we've seen Jesus introduce a lot of countercultural teachings, and today's beatitude is no different. This one, I think, is very, very countercultural to how most people, especially here in America and Western culture, how people act and how people behave. And so, let's dive into it. So, Matthew chapter 5, verse 9 reads, Blessed are the peacemakers, or... Fortunate are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Close your eyes and imagine the most beautiful place on earth. You know, you're, you're probably thinking of either a, a beachy, tropical vacation spot or up in the mountains and snowboarding or something like that, or maybe it's right at home where you are on your back porch or something, you know, but think about the most peaceful place on earth. Does it have a lot of people in it? Chances are the most peaceful place on earth probably doesn't have a lot of people. And and why is that? Because people disrupt peace. <laughs> and so today we will look at how to get peace, how to get peace and how to make peace and the blessings from that, right? Peacekeeping involves, right, self-control. I think that's the biggest thing. Peacekeeping involves self-control, but peacemaking, peacekeeping involves self-control because you're having to self-control yourself and maybe help have, help others have self-control. And making peace sometimes is uncomfortable, but it exposes truth uh, while also doing it in a loving way that helps keep peace, right? And so the, the word for peace in Greek um, the root word of it means uh, to join. Um, in Hebrew, kind of like uh, the shalom in Hebrew. You and if you know anybody who's Jewish, you know you hear that phrase shalom. Uh, kind of means one peace, quietness, rest. It's kind of the idea. Um, Jesus says, not only is it blessed to have peace, but it is blessed or it's fortunate to be a peacemaker. It's fortunate to be someone who's a peacemaker. And so what is a peacemaker? Um, I think about examples of peacemakers. I know there's a there's a DC anti-hero. I think they actually just made a show about it on HBO Max not too long ago, but there's a there's a there's an anti-hero in the DC comics. His name is Peacemaker. 
Um, he's not the peacemaker that we want to model after. If any of you know what I'm talking about, if you've ever read comics or even if you've watched that show, I'm sure it showed a little bit about peacemaker. That is not the kind of peacemaker that we want to be, no. So that's a bad example of a peacemaker. So what is an example of a peacemaker? Um, I think about a story when I was in high school. I remember we were playing the Geraldine Bulldogs at New Hope, uh, the school I went to. And I remember, I remember one of our players got into a scuffle with one of their players. And when I say scuffle, they just started, they just started kind of jawing and having words with each other. And I remember me, I was a junior in high school at this point, so I was like 16 or 17 years old, and I'm like, you know, ah, well, I want to go in here and break it up because we just need to get back to playing ball. And so I kind of walk up in between both of them and kind of put my arms between them and push away, and I'm just, push away, and I'm just kind of like, no, guys, chill, chill. And mostly I'm talking to my teammate. I'm like, I'm like, hey, hey, chill out. It's okay. Like, just let's just, let's play, and our, our play will do the talking for us. You know, and just trying to keep peace and, you can be competitive in sports and not be trashy about it. I, I'm really strong and believe that. You know, sadly today's sports are too jolly and it's it's so much trash and like it's so silly to me. Like what what an example we're setting for kids who want to be professional athletes like you. You know, be. I just feel like our guy, our professional athletes and our collegiate athletes need to be better and have more class to them. And so, overall, I'm not saying that some don't, but overall, sorry, that was a little sidebar. But in terms of this, you know, I was telling, you know, I was telling our teammate, you know, hey, chill out, chill out. And then the other guy was kind of persisting. And I was like, bro, just chill. Like, let's just play. You know, I was trying to keep the peace in a game that, yeah, it was competitive, but we can be good sports and be competitive. And then I remember the ref, the referee came over there and he he blew his whistle and did the technical foul call in a basketball game. And he went over there and reported the numbers. And I figured he was about to give text to our teammate and the player for Geraldine. And he teed him up, and no, I got the tee. <laughs> he, t- I got a tech for trying to be the peacemaker. And I remember when my my coach, who I actually went to church with at the time, my coach uh, came over there and was like, you know, hey, what what do you do? What do you do to get a tech? And the ref was like, well, he said he said a, a word he shouldn't say or whatever. And and my coach, you know, thankfully I I had built a good reputation for myself. And my coach kind of looked at him and he's like, are you sure it was that one? You know, and so the ref probably heard one of them because they were both, you know, maybe jawing a little too much. But I think it's funny because I got the I got the punishment for it for being the peacemaker, um, even though I was in the right doing the right thing. And so that's an that's an example of being a peacemaker. I think about how I think it's a good point also to show that whenever you are trying to be a peacemaker, like Jesus said, you're not always going to be receiving you're not going to receive the same type of peace you're trying to give you know sometimes people are hostile toward the peace that god offers and so i think that's a good point in that story to mention and how it relates to being peacemakers today another example of a peacemaker that i think about are jedi if you guys have ever watched star wars or familiar with any of the star wars movies um, you know, Jedi were they were they were peacekeepers. You know, not necessarily peacemakers, but they were peacekeepers. It's the same kind of concept, you know. But about keeping peace and order in the galaxy. And so, the Jedi in the time before the times of the Clone Wars were, you know, they were they were they did their job well. You know, they weren't they didn't involve themselves in war as war in wars as 
soldiers. You know, they were they were keepers of the peace. That was their job. But yet, when the Clone Wars started, if for anyone who's familiar with Star Wars lore, if you're not, it's okay. You don't make sense. When the Jedi, they were these guardians of peace. And so, but then the war started, and because they became... You know, they, their original job was supposed to be just keeping peace, not fighting wars, but just to help maintain peace across the galaxy. And so the Jedi became so so dogmatic almost in their in their traditions that they lost sight of what it meant to be a Jedi. And so eventually they become very political and they lose sight of what their true purpose is. And so it allows the Sith Lord to enter into the government of the of the republic and gain control and manipulate things and because the jedi weren't in touch with who they are they couldn't see it and they were so blinded and and so these keepers of the peace became soldiers in war and they lost their way and because of that it ultimately almost destroyed them you know eventually they found their way again but it ultimately almost destroyed them and so I think about that, and we as Christians are to be peacemakers, peacekeepers. And when we lose our way, we risk coming to ruin because of it. And so those are some examples of peacemakers, you know, one real-life example and one fun, fictional example. And so now let's get into talking about what Jesus is talking about in Matthew chapter 5, verse 9. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. And so, blessed are the peacemakers. The seventh beatitude focuses on the peacemakers, right? The theme of peace, uh, it's all throughout biblical record, right? It indicates completeness and wholeness in every aspect, including one's relationship with God, neighbors, and nations, right? Um, I think about the zealots in Jesus' day. They attempted to bring back you know, their their Jewish rule and the kingdom back to Israel through their guerrilla warfare tactics of divide and conquer. And so I think about some of the, the, the zealots of Jesus' day. Um, you know, they tried to use these guerrilla warfare tactics to bring back the kingdom of God against the Romans, but that's not the way God wanted them to do it. And then you also think about you have the religious leaders who brought as much division within Israel by their sectarian comments or and their, their commitments and their personal agendas, as Jesus points out to them a lot. But the real peacemakers are those who bring the good news that your God reigns, who brings ultimate harmony between all peoples. That's uh, ref, uh, Isaiah 52.7 kind of talks about that. Making peace, therefore... Making peace, therefore, has messianic overtones, right? Um, I think about Isaiah, Isaiah chapter nine, verses six through seven. We see, uh, you know, about how someone is promised. Uh, uh, Isaiah nine six: For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of peace and so we see that jesus is titled the prince of peace right god is the prince of god is the god of peace and jesus is the prince of peace right and the true peace sorry the true peacemakers are those who wait and work for god who make whole 
the division created by humans in a world characterized by conflict and rivalry, a keeper of peace is rare, and a peacemaker is still rarer than that. The absence of selfish ambition, which has marked the earlier Beatitudes, provides the only basis for this quality, which is particularly pleasing to God. You can look at that in Psalm 34, 14. And I think about the blessing from this Beatitude, right? For they shall be called sons of God. Jesus turns aside the various political, religious, and materialistic groups, uh, militaristic, sorry, attempts of those within Israel to establish their supremacy. They have created even more division. Thus, he turns to those who want God's peace. Jesus turns to those who want peace. With the inauguration of the kingdom of heaven, Jesus himself is the supreme peacemaker, right? Making peace between God and humans, right? Those who have waited for God's messianic peace can now respond to Jesus' invitation and they will receive the ultimate reward to be called sons of God. Fulfilling the role that Israel has assumed but taken for granted. Those who respond to Jesus' ministry are heirs of the kingdom and reflect the character of their heavenly father as they carry Jesus' mission of peacemaking to the world. God is the supreme peacemaker, right? Jesus is the supreme peacemaker because he came to make peace between God and man because of our sins. God is the supreme peacemaker because he, even though he has the right to judge us harshly and to do and to just burn us up right now and just annihilate us, he chooses not to and to have peace and to try to amend and fix our broken, our broken relationship. And so, being God is the supreme peacemaker, and so this quality marks disciples out as his sons, right? For the son shares the characteristics of the father, or daughters, you know. In particular, the Greek there is in masculine for sons, but obviously it's it for all Christians, right? And so, us men and women who display the characteristics of the father will be called sons and daughters of God, right? Since God is a God of peace, Christ, the Prince of Peace, the gospel, a gospel of peace, and the kingdom of God, a kingdom of peace, all subjects of this kingdom must be peacemakers. Those who are in the kingdom of God are the children of God, hence they are called sons of God. And so that's the question to this morning or afternoon, evening, whenever you're listening to this. The question is, are we being peacemakers? Are we, you know, are we being peacekeepers? Yes, but are we also being peacemakers? Are we going out into the world and trying to make peace and bring people the peace of God, right? But doing it in a loving way, the way Jesus teaches us how to do it, right? And so maybe you're asking the question, how can I be a peacemaker? And so we're going to go through a few things on how you can be a peacemaker. I think the number one way, obviously, to become a peacemaker is to know Jesus, to know Christ, right? Peace is the person and the presence of Jesus, right? The Prince of Peace. He restored ultimate peace between God and man. We cannot have the peace of God without God, right? And so, I think about these things, and we need to receive his peace, right? We need to think about how... Jesus said, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives, right? This is like Jesus leaving behind a massive mansion to enjoy, right? But we need the keys to get in, right? So what are the keys to, to peace? 
so number one, uh, we've read this one a few times throughout this podcast series, is set our mind. We need to set our minds on God's thoughts and on Christ, right? Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 through 3 reads, If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. And so the number one way to be a peacemaker is stop thinking about things the way world the world does. Focus on the things that Christ would want you to focus on. Focus on the things that God wants you to do. And so I think about, you know, this is a good time to talk about the application of our culture today, right? We see we need to set our mind on things above and not on things of this world. You see, our world today is not very peacemaking or peacekeeping, is it? You know, I just look at our political landscape. I, th- I seem to always reference the, the political landscape, but that's the stuff that's always publicized out there, and you have this side and that side, right? And there's no peace. You know, we, we th- we're supposed to be one nation under God. We're supposed to be one nation at the very minimum. You know, I know not everyone believes in God, and, you know, I, I pray that everyone would one day, but... You know, we're supposed to be one nation under God, indivisible, which means undivided, with liberty and justice for all. We're not being that right now. And I think most of that, well, the reason is, is because we have gotten away from our Christian values that our country was founded upon. And so when you look at our world today, we're not focused on keeping peace. We're focusing on putting our point across, getting our point across. We're focused on our selfish reasonings and our selfish ambitions rather than keeping peace with people and loving people. And so that doesn't mean you sacrifice truth just to keep the peace. No, because Jesus was a peacemaker, the ultimate peacemaker, but yet he still pointed out sin and he did it in a loving and respectful way. But that's what he did. We need to be peacemakers and we need to set our mind on things that are Above, I think about um, in James, James chapter three. Jesus is ta- or Jesus, sorry. In James chapter three, James is talking about uh, wise, being wise, and he says, "Who is wise and understanding among you? By his good conduct, let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false to truth. This is not the wisdom that comes down from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic." For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder and every vile practice. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. And a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. And so again, we see James here is almost, James is talking about basically the center almost of wisdom from above is peace. Right, A lot of people who are really smart and get a lot of knowledge want to talk to people about their knowledge, but they want to tell them what they think and push their knowledge on people. And that is, you know, the selfish ambition in our hearts, you know, is a false truth, right? And that comes from the earth, right? And James says that's unspiritual and demonic. We need to have the spirit from, we need to have spiritual wisdom from above, which means we need to be peaceable, right? Gentle, open to reason, full of mercy. That doesn't mean that doesn't mean you sacrifice truth, but you know, you you live peaceably with people, right? 
Um, another Bible passage I think about, um, what should we do, you know, this world today likes to focus on all the bad things and likes to get their point across and people like their way and aren't willing to live peaceably with others. And so I think about Peter says in first Peter chapter three, verses eight through 12, he says, finally, all of you who have unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love, a tender heart and a humble mind, do not repay evil for evil or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, bless for to this you were called that you may obtain a blessing. For whoever desires to love life and see good days, let him keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. Let him turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are open to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. And so, just from Peter and James both talk about how Peace is at the center of the gospel message. Peace is at the center of living a Christian life. And sadly, I see a lot of Christians today who aren't being peacemakers. And we're not, we're not being peacemakers. We're not going into the world and creating peace. We're going in there and, on, and just stirring the pot like everybody else. And that's not our job. Our job is to teach the truth in love and gentleness and respect and do our best to keep peace and make peace. That's how we're sons and daughters of God, because we have to display the characteristics of the Father. And again, that doesn't mean that we can't speak the truth and have, you know, almost like debate-like conversations with people, but it means you do it in a loving and gentle way, right? And so we have to know Jesus, right? We need to receive his peace and we need to set our mind on him. And that means not doing things the way this world does it, but doing things the way Jesus would want us to do it in the way that he set for us. And so you know, what are the keys to peace? So we talked about setting our mind on things above. I also think about praying. When you feel troubled or anxious, do you gravitate towards praying or do you crav- or, or do you gravitate to something else? You know, whenever we need peace, do we try to fulfill it with some worldly vice or do we give it to, to God and do we pray to Jesus and we trust the promises that God gives us, right? I think about what Paul says in Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 through 9, right? He says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me. Practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. Again, so we see the peace that surpasses understanding will be given to us if we just pray and seek God and give him our cares and troubles because God is the God of peace, as Paul says. And how do you how do you do these things? Also, the third thing, you know. How do you, what are the keys to peace? You set your mind on things that are above. You pray and give your troubles to God because the peace that passes understanding will be given to you. And practice what you've heard, right? Faith may come from hearing, but peace comes with practice, right? And so Paul says here, practice these things and the God of peace will be, will be with you. And so it's not, you know, just, you know, I never read my Bible, I never pray, but I'm really stressed, so I'll pray this one time and God will give me peace. That's not really how it works, I don't think. You know, we have to pray to God for peace. 
and we have to actively practice the things that Paul's talking about, living a Christian life, and then the God of peace will be with us, right? And so that's what Paul's talking about. And so how can, the last thing for how can we can be a peacemaker is pursue his peace, right? We cannot be neutral about peace, right? We are to pursue it. Romans 12, 18, Paul mentions, you know, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with all. Right? So on our end, we need to do everything we can to live at peace. You know, sometimes conflict happens, and it's, you know, there's nothing we can do, but we're supposed to live at peace with all people to the best of our ability. And so the pursuit of peace must not precede the pursuit of purity, right? There is a reason for the sequence of these beatitudes, right? Any pursuit of peace over purity is unwise, right? We fall into the trap of people-pleasing if we're just trying to keep peace, right? So, as we've talked about, there's a balance between keeping peace and also remaining pure and being firm in our faith. And so, and the blessing, right? Becoming sons and daughters, becoming children of God, that's really the blessing. We will, basically, if the inhabitants of God's, if God is the God of peace, his people need to be a people of peace. And so a good way to recognize your spiritual standing with God is to ask yourself and look at yourself and be like, would people call me a peacemaker or am I a conflict starter? Am I someone who's focused on keeping peace, who's practicing these qualities in the scriptures that we read, like heavenly wisdom, um, you know, repaying, uh, seeking peace and having peace, right, and not doing uh, evil, right, pursuing peace, and then what? Paul says in Philippians 4, practicing peace and having our minds set on things that are above, like he says in Colossians, right? We've looked at a bunch of passages and for to help us think about what Jesus is talking about when he's talking about blessed or fortunate are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. We need to be peacemakers in this world because this world is not going to do it for itself. People of the world who don't have Christ focus on a lot of the bad things. And so our job is to try to bring them the peace of God, the peace that surpasses understanding. And so the question for you guys is, do you have that peace that surpasses understanding? Are you living at peace? And are you out in the world making peace with people? Or are you creating conflict and just joining into the cultural madness that we have now and not and living angrily almost and upset with people who think differently than you. And so I want you to reflect and ask yourselves a few things. Are you practicing the things Paul talked about in trying to pursue peace and the and the peace of God is with you? Are you doing that and do you have that? Does the peace that surpasses understanding comfort you or are you not giving God your carries and worries and are you giving it to something else? Are you participating in the world and not being a peacemaker and just joining and pouring more fire into the flame. When anxious thoughts and cares take you over, stop and listen to the voice of God by setting aside time for it. Think about how you can practically incorporate this into your daily life. We obey the things that we understand, and we do the things we already know to do. And so the peace of God comes with practice, and as we learn to understand it, and as we do it, we'll live it. And so the peace of God is hiding in our obedience. When we're obedient to God and we're focusing on his word and we're trying to display the characteristics that he wants us to, 
then we will be peacemakers and we'll be called sons of God. And so we have to remember that Jesus is the Prince of Peace. God is the God of Peace. And as Christians, we should be reflecting those characteristics to the world. And when we do that, we receive the blessing of being called children of God, sons and daughters of God. I want to thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of Thursday Thoughts. I pray this has been encouraging for you, and I pray that God will bless you and that we have learned something from His Word. I hope you all have a great rest of your day.